0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the new episode of 10 Minute Country with me, Jones and It's episode 84. Do you think Zac Brown means it this time? I'm a huge Zac Brown fan. I've been a huge Zac Brown fan since a holiday to Los Angeles in 2010, 2011, uh, when I heard colder weather on the radio station that uh, we were listening to I Loved going on holiday to America pre-pandemic, and we always had the country music stations on in the car, driving to places, and this song called The Weather came on, and I was hooked from the start. So I came home with a physical copy uh, of You Get What You Give from that holiday, soon delved back into the foundation, and for a while there, you know, 2011, 2012 and when Uncaged came out, Zac Brown Band were probably my favourite musical artists. Those three albums, The Foundation, You Get What You Give, and Uncaged are absolute top-notch. Not even country music, just proper music spanning all genres Best albums that I could have listened to at that stage in my life, so I was a huge Zach Brown fan had the pleasure of seeing him um in London on that tour, and then the pleasure of seeing him at c two c a few years later um, in that on that infamous played about thirty songs Metallica covers glorious set and for me you know Zach Brown band are one of a peerless group of musical artists that have emerged from country music um, in the last decade. The last six years, being a Zac Brown fan, however, have been quite problematic. 2015's Jekyll and Hyde I liked. I know a lot of people started to, um, you know, started to waver a little bit with some of the production and some of the poppier sounds on there and the danceier sounds. But there are some cracking songs on Jekyll and Hyde and the clue was in the title of the album, At that point, and the cover with the two different colored eyes and and the marketing and stuff. You know, you could tell by 2015 that Zach Brown had started, I don't know, maybe to feel trapped by the confines of country music or the genre rules, and he was starting to experiment a little bit. The Grohl sessions came, and you could see that the experimentation was. Um, you know, beginning to sort of, I think, hold more interest for him than the actual making of, of, of a bog standard normal album. And so it wasn't any surprise to me when he formed, um, Sir Roosevelt with Nico Moon, um, and Ben Simonetti. Nico obviously has gone on since to have number one hits of his own and is becoming an interesting name in country music. But that, that avenue with Sir Roosevelt, I think they formed around 2016. For me, would would have worked brilliantly for Zach Brown in terms of he could have used that medium and that outlet to do all his experimenting, and and still made you know good albums to appeal to country music fans. But they only did so. Roosevelt only did one album, um, and, and then it all seemed to collapse. And I don't quite know why that happened, but. From then on, um, you know, I know in 2017, he sort of put everybody's minds at rest for a while and released the Welcome Home album. But to me, Welcome Home sounded incredibly formulaic. It was almost like Zach and the band had got the hump after the experimentation of Jekyll and Hyde and Sir Roosevelt didn't necessarily resonate with many people. And for me, I couldn't get into Welcome Home. It felt like an album that was just written like a, an internet generator, Zach Brown album. It's like he sat down and went, right, okay, I can't be the artist that I want to be because the fans will not allow it, the genre won't allow it, the industry won't allow it. So I'm just going to sit down and I'm just going to write a set of songs that people expect me to write, and here it is. It felt a bit flat and lifeless to me. And also at that point... You know, Zach was going through some of his own personal um, traumas, divorce from his wife, um, some drugs-related things... And, you know, when you're listening to Family Table from the Welcome Home album, but you're hearing stories of, you know, Zac Brown walking away from his wife and kids and being involved in drugs and various other things, you're like, mm, how disingenuous is this? You can't, I can't get into Family Table when I know what was going on in his personal life at that time. So things were tricky. And then came the Owl and the, the Controversy albums. I mean, Jesus, what career-killing stuff did he decide to do? Uh, 2019, 2020 came The Owl and his solo album, The Controversy, which was possibly one of the most vile offences to music I've ever heard. Billboard magazine called Swayze the song on The Controversy, possibly the worst song ever recorded. Um, and The Owl was just a mess. And And... For me actually I'd I'd given up on Zach Brown I've it's it's weird being such a fan of the comeback and we'll come to that in a minute because I'd sort of written Zach out of my life for the last 3 or 4 years because he was just releasing the most awful mismatched confused legacy killing music that, you know, and uh, again, it felt like he's gone through some sort of midlife crisis and he's deliberately been trying to sabotage his career for a number of years now. Um, and it was, it has been an absolute mess. So for Zach and the Zach Brown Band to release The Comeback this year has been nothing short for me of an absolute triumph. I mean, with Zach, The Clue has always been in the titles, hasn't it? 2015, Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, solo album, The Controversy. It's almost like The Comeback is the sister album to The Controversy. And, you know, with The Controversy, it was almost like saying, come at me, I welcome The Controversy. And now, he's with The Comeback, he's, he's planted his roots firmly in the ground and gone, here I am, I'm back. But to be that meta and to be that self-aware, he must know that what he's been releasing in the last few albums has been utter shite. And I sort of semi-want to applaud Zach Brown for being so self-aware, but I am also, and this is where the title of today's podcast comes from, I am also slightly suspicious and I can't, you know, I'm I'm ninety percent in love with this album, but there's a little voice that is ten percent of me in the back of my mind going, "Is he just doing this, f- like he did Welcome Home?" And then the next album we're going to get is going to be all over the place again. The comeback is so self aware and meta titled that I'm worried that he's that he's not. This is not music that he wants to write. It's just a deliberate attempt to win back the fans. And and I don't want to be tricked like that because I bloody love this album. Everything about the comeback screams, you know, glorious sack brown to me. Ben Simonetti gets plenty of co-writes on it from the Sir Roosevelt days. Um, you know, out in the middle, the the, the song he wrote with Luke Combs is is a glorious song. Um but there are so many great songs on there. Stubborn Pride with Marcus King is an absolute triumph. Us Against the World has you know massive radio hit potentials. Any day now I could listen to over and over again. G.A. Clay must, must, must be in his live set list for years to come. And Don't Let Your Heart finishes off what is, you know, an, an excellent album in such an uplifting way. This album, The Comeback, I... And that's a long pause for a podcast, isn't it? Because I was going to make a bold statement. Might well be the best album of his career. And I feel guilty... And a little bit dirty for saying that after, after years of just writing Zach Brown out of my life. And in fact, you know, my whole family, my wife and my kids have always been Zach Brown fans. And it has taken me beating them around the head and playing this album repeatedly around the house and in the car for them to even consider that they could begin to like Zach Brown again because they were so disappointed and so offended and so... Fed up with his recent output and the mess around the owl and controversy um, and those albums that they didn't believe me when I was saying that the comeback is such a fine, fine album. So does he mean it? Does he mean it this time? Or is Same Boat, which I think is going to hit the number one spot in, in the radio listings in the next couple of weeks, um, once Fancy Like drops, you know, was Same Boat just them sitting down with chicken fried and going, you know what, let's just write another chicken fried, because it does have a genealogy. It does have origins in chicken fried. You can, you can sing parts of it. You know, did, did they sit down and write... Paradise Lost On Me and going, well, you know what? Everybody likes toes and and that sort of beachy island. So we'll just do an island song. And, you know, did he sit down and go, do you know what? Homegrown uh, was such a popular song for us. We'll just do Slow Burn. I, I pray to all the gods of music that this album comes from Zach Brown's heart and is the start of a nights nice long run of albums that he... Channels this Southern Georgia earthy organic type of country rock music for a run of albums, and doesn't do the whole i I need to be experimental. I'm just going to write any old shit down and put it to some weird electronic drum beats." If I'm done, if Zach Brown al Zach Brown band's next album is an hour or a controversy. I'm done because I can't keep falling in love with these albums and then every other album being absolute bollocks. It's quite sweary, this podcast today, isn't it? But you can see how passionate I am about the Zac Brown band. So I pray to all the gods of music that Zac Brown's midlife crisis is over. Form Sir Roosevelt again. Form a side project that has no affiliation to the Zac Brown band And go off and do all your experimenting and all the weird stuff that clearly Zach, you know, is interested in. You know, I don't begrudge any musician making the music that they want. But stop killing the legacy and the name of the Zach Brown band for experimental purposes. The comeback is a triumph. It is everything I love about Zach Brown, his writing, his singing, his outlook on life. And it's you know I can't I can't state enough just what a great album I think this is. But I pray, I pray, I pray to all the gods of music and writing and southern life that this is it for Zach Brown Band and they are back big time, and it isn't just a flash in the pan before we get controversy part two. Thanks for listening today. Um, I've been James Dakin. You can find me all over social media. Uh, I'm on Twitter at RockJames, which was quite a cool name to get back in the early days of Twitter, I think. Um, You can find me on Instagram at Dakin underscore James. Please check out um, lyricmagazine.co.uk for all my writing outlets. And um, we'll see you here next time.